Revelation chapter 8. The seven seals and the golden censer. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Another angel, who had a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints. On the golden altar before the throne, the smoke of the altar before the the smoke of the incense together with the prayers of the saints went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning and an earthquake. Then the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to sound them. The first angel sounded his trumpet and there came hail and fire mixed with blood and it was hurled down on the earth and a third of of the heaven was burned up, a third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees were burned up and all the green grass. The second angel sounded his trumpet and something like a huge mountain all ablaze was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea turned into blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died and a third of the ships were destroyed. The, the third, third angel sounded his trumpets and a great star, blazing like a torch, fell from the sky on the third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters turned bitter and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. The fourth angel sounded his trumpet and a third of the sun was struck. A third of the moon, a third of the stars, so that a third of them turned dark. A third of the day was without light and also a third of the night. And as I watched, I heard an eagle that was flying in midair call out in a loud voice, Woe, woe! Woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blasts about to be sounded by the other three angels. The fifth angel sounded his trumpet and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. When When he he opened the abyss, smoke arose from it like smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss and out of the smoke locusts came down upon the earth and were given power like that of the scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or plant or tree but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their forehead. They were not given power to kill them but only to torture them for five months. And the agony they suffered was like of the sting of a scorpion when it strikes a man. During those days, men will seek death 
but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. The locusts looked like horses prepared for battle. On their heads they wore something like crowns of gold, and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like the like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had uh, tails with stingers, like scorpions, and in their tails they had power to torment people for five months. They had as a king over them the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek is Apollyon, that is the destroyer. The first woe is past, the two other woes are yet to come. The sixth angel sounded his trumpet, and I heard a voice coming from the horn of the golden altar, and is before God. It said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound in the great river Euphrates, and the four angels who had been kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of the mounted troops was 200 million. I heard that number. The horses and riders I saw in my vision looked like this. Their breastplates were fiery red, dark blue and yellow as sulphur. The heads of the horses resembled the heads of lions and out of their mouths came fire, smoke and sulphur. A third of mankind was killed by the three plagues of fire, smoke and sulphur that came out of their mouths. The power of the horses was in their mouths and in their tails for their tails were like snakes having heads uh, with which they inflict injury. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of their work or of their hands. They did not stop worshipping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze and stone and wood, idols that cannot see, hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality. Wonderful. Well, we continue our series in Revelation. We continue today. We've been on a bit of a journey, and, and there's a lot in that Bible reading just there. And, and a journey in Revelation where I'm sure we've seen something of the greatness of Jesus Christ. Have you seen something of the greatness of Jesus in the book of Revelation so far? Yes. Good. <laughs> Have you seen God being worshipped on his throne? God, three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, people bowing down in worship. Chapter 7 that we just skipped over was another image of God and the Lamb, Jesus being worshipped on the throne, God's throne. And we've seen promises for God's people. Last week we saw about white robes that were given to God's people. We've seen worship going up to God's. And we've seen judgment start to be given to the world. Judgment for those who don't look to Jesus who don't believe that Jesus is their Lord. And so we come to this passage in Revelation 8 and 9, and the title today is Repentance Because of God's Greatness. And so, repentance, uh, that's a, a pretty big uh, topic at times. Already in the seven churches, you might have picked up that five of those churches are called to repent. 
In fact, at the end of chapter 9, we see this image of people that don't repent. So what is repentance? I'd like you to input, what, what does it mean to repent? What, what is it? To acknowledge your failings? Yep. To, to stop doing, to turn away from what you've been doing? Yep. What's that? Heartfelt? Yep. Turn around. So I've, I've just repented. <laughs> All right. So that imagery is that, is this probably what you're thinking? I'm walking as a sinful person. Somehow I get a revelation of God and His goodness. I say sorry and then I turn this way and start walking towards God. Is that what I'm hearing? Yep, that's a bit of repentance. <laughs> Get Jesus out of the boot and into the driver's seat. It's a, a one-time thing that you've done and now it's never sinned again. Okay, yeah, so repentance, we, we, um, it, it's, it's something that happens regularly. And so that's why we can see five churches getting called to repent. These are church, Christian churches called to repent. Even the churches aren't even perfect in the Bible. They need to keep changing. But there is a one-off, an initial act of repentance uh, with our belief in Jesus, but then an ongoing cycle as we, as we change for God's glory. So who repents? Who's called to repent? All people. And who do we repent to? Is it Jesus? Yep. Yeah? To an extent, you could say. Mm. Yeah. So, is it easy? Yep, so it's not easy, and yet, would you say it's essential to following Jesus? Yeah, so... <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think it's a huge topic, repentance. And it's one that is so core to our whole being and way of life in Jesus. Did Jesus call people to repent? Absolutely. Luke 5. 31 to 32, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus himself was very clear that he was calling people to repent. It's fundamental in following Jesus, the call to repent. And so in chapter 8 and 9, there's a theme that develops and it's about God's people, those that have repented and those that don't repent and the difference that takes place. And so there's that image at the start and the seventh seal is opened up. Remember we were looking at a scroll and there were seven seals? The seventh seal is opened up and what happens rather than worship in heaven, there is silence for 30 minutes. 
in the very throne room of God. All this praise has been going on and then for what seems like so long, it is just silence. And the seventh seal, as it's opened, turns into seven angels with seven trumpets. We need to remember that God's perfect number of completion and perfection is seven. And so in that turning, then we hear about the prayers of God's people. Verse 3 and 4, that the imagery of our prayers being an offering before God. It's a pretty cool way to think about our prayers, isn't it? A very special way that as we pray, as God's people, those that have repented, who believe, as we pray, those prayers are gathered up and presented as an offering to God. Is this an encouragement for us to pray? Absolutely. It's mind-boggling to think that God stops and listens to our prayers. Our prayers for justice. Our prayers for God's will to be done. Our prayers for God's kingdom to come. At the end of Revelation, there's a short little prayer. It says, Amen, come Lord Jesus. Have you prayed any of those prayers for those things to be done? Well, those prayers are gathered up and they go before God. And God hears those prayers. And from that comes God's judgment. Because God is a God of justice. God has promised to judge the world of sin. That's not our job. We're not going to judge the world of sin. God will do that. Last week in chapter 6, as Noah was preaching, we heard that cry for justice. The martyred Christians, those that had been killed, they were crying out for justice. We too cry out for justice. We look forward to a day when sin and evil is dealt with forever. We look forward to a day when all is set right. We have hope for the future and it's all about God making everything perfect. We long to be in God's presence. We long to realize God's blessing forever with Him. Do you long for these things? We trust that God will bring it all into being. And as we come to all these passages of judgment now, we need to think about Exodus as well, I think, to keep that in mind. What did God do in the Exodus at the start, towards the start of the Bible? What did he do? Can we? Yeah, absolutely. Can you see that in what's taking place here in Revelation? Can you see God's people crying out? Can you see God responding in a powerful way? Because some of this imagery, it seems so foreign to what is taking place in our current day. And yet God hears the cries of people and in the similar theme to Exodus, he is setting his people free. He's liberating us. These plagues that are bringing about are good for God's people. And so it's time for me to do a little reveal. I've had something to reveal. I've got something to, uh, to show, an object. Who would like to be my brave volunteer this week? Ben. <laughs> All right, Ben, this is a fun one, actually. And so uh, what I have here 
is something that you get to blow, okay? I want you to blow into that hole really loud. Okay, do it again. It's probably not what you think of of a trumpet, but I've got a better one. So, guys, can you go to the little video clip? You can do that again. One more time then. Okay, so we go. Hopefully, this will show a video. Is it going to show a video? Is there a video that's loaded there? Of a, of a, there's no video. There's no link there in the slides for a video. Okay, that's dropped off. Do you want me to act it out? <laughs> it was a picture of some beautiful trumpet blasts, of a kingly procession of some trumpet blasts. No, no, that's a... No, no good. I'm not sure. Obviously, it didn't upload from home. Anyway, it was just a web link to a YouTube thing that I'd stuck in there. But anyway, we see here God's uh, trumpets, announcements. And we need to remember, this is from the King of Kings, these trumpet blasts. From God, the Mighty One in Heaven. He's the one that's giving these trumpet blasts. And so it's describing His action from heaven. And there are six in our passage that take place and things that follow. So from these trumpet blasts, we might go to the next slide then. If that will come back, it's not on here anymore. There we go. The first one. Fire is mixed with blood. Hail is hurled down to the earth. And we see a third of the earth is burnt up. A third of the trees and all the green grass. This third imagery is a reminder that it is not complete. There is still more to come. When we picture this, it is horrible scenes. All this destruction upon the earth. And straight away we're taken to the second blast. In heaven. The, the blasts are in heaven. And what takes place? A huge mountain like a volcano is thrown into the sea. A third of the sea turns to blood. A third of the living creatures die. A third of the ships are destroyed. We see chaos on the oceans. And then the third trumpet blast. This star falling to the earth. The waters of the earth become bitter. A third of all the fresh water becomes bitter, unable to drink. People even die from drinking this water. These are terrible scenes. Judgment that's impacting the earth, the sea, and now even the fresh water. And then it turns to the sky. This fourth trumpet blast. A third of the sun, a third of the moon, a third of the stars, a third of the daytime, a third of nighttime, all darkened. Because God's ordered creation is struck. It's struck in judgment, and these are horrible scenes. Everything that is good and ordered is being undone. These are terrible scenes of judgment. 
And then the scene turns from creation and impacting on creation to people. There's the, the eagle, or one commentary even said it could be translated a vulture that, that circles around and woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And we need to remember that this judgment is not towards God's people. It makes it clear it's only towards those that don't trust in Jesus. And that's when we get to that fifth trumpet. The abyss is opened. The place of the dead and evil is opened up. And this great swarm of evil locusts come out. The sky turns dark from the smoke that's coming out of the abyss. And these locusts, they don't care about plants or trees. They're sent out to target people. People are tormented for five months. This is agony. They are attacked by these locusts, these evil locusts that are directed by this evil angel called the destroyer. This is bad news for the people of the earth. People being tormented, they will even seek death and not find it. This is a strong image and it is a reminder for us to take God seriously. It's a reminder for us to fear God. God is the powerful one. He is greater than all. All the the forces of this world. God is the one to be feared and to be taken seriously. Do you want to go through five months of agony like we see here? Surely not. Who would possibly want to be inflicted with such pain? No one. And then it only gets worse. From the agony we see this six trumpets. We see an angel, or it could even be a demon, that leads, or four of them, they lead a great multitude. The, the Greek is 10,000 times 10,000 twice. So people do the maths and they say, oh, well, that's two million. But the point is not about a specific number. It's a great multitude, a huge number of mounted troops with all in their armor on horses that go in to charge against the world's against those who don't belong to Jesus. And the power of these riders is not even in themselves, it's in their horses. And these horses have faces that look like lions. And they have plagues of fire and smoke and sulfur that come out of their mouths. Even their tails are vicious like that of snakes. And the plagues that come from the the horse or the lion's mouths that these riders are on, they kill a third of all people on the earth. Burnt up in judgment. It's a shocking scene. And surely anyone who sees this scene would be brought to beg for mercy from God. To call out in repentance. But do the people call out in repentance? No. No, they don't. At the end of Revelation 
chapter 9, 21 and 20. After all these six plagues, horrible, horrible plagues upon the earth, judgment from God's, the rest of mankind's who were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshipping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone and wood, idols that cannot see or hear or walk, nor do they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality or their thefts. How could they not see God with all these plagues and judgment upon the earth? They had such hard hearts and it's a sad picture. Even as God is judging the earth, people still don't wake up to him. But all this imagery, it is a reminder that God is so great. He is so powerful. It's a reminder for us to take God seriously. A reminder that God's judgment will come upon the earth. And it's a reminder for us to repent of our sins. For us to take repentance seriously. But also it's a reminder for us to speak to others about God. For them to be at peace with God. Because we might say, oh well I'm safe, I follow Jesus. What about the world around us? Do you want them to be inflicted with these plagues? Do you want them to suffer? Do we want those people around us, even our family and friends, to go through God's judgment? Of course not. Let us pray for those around us. Let us seek to share Jesus with them, that they may be saved, that they might be rescued from this judgment that's to come. So repentance, that's where we started. I want to encourage us all here to take repentance seriously. To truly say sorry to God for our sins. To search our hearts and to say, God, you are the mighty, powerful one. I am sorry. And for us, as we said, to turn away from our own ways and to turn to God and to embrace his ways now. To actually live our steps, our movement, our thoughts towards God each day. There are times when I struggle to repent. I thank Margaret for sharing before. The reality is, is that it's not always easy. There's still something that says, oh, maybe I should go after that money, or I really enjoy that activity. It might not really be of God, but I enjoy it. And so there are times when repentance isn't easy. But still, there is a call on our lives to repent and to take repentance seriously. Can repentance be fake? What do you think? Can repentance be fake? Mm. Absolutely. Mm, absolutely there's a reality that even we can fool ourselves we can put a bit of an outward show and say I'm sorry God 
I'm sorry that I'm, I'm having issues with this stealing. And then we get a bit of guilt off our back and then we go and steal again. Or I'm sorry, God, with these issues I have with gossip and yet we go and gossip again. There is always a temptation to sin. Yeah. Well, we need to keep repenting and to do it earnestly and to ask for God's help to change. God is a God who gives and if we ask of Him, He provides. So if we're struggling with something, let us ask and say, Lord, help me. Search my heart. Help me to change. And sometimes we have to take drastic actions. I'm sure there's a verse in the Bible that talks about taking drastic actions. Does anyone remember what that might be when it comes to, to, to uh, sin? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If we're going to take repentance seriously, we need to take serious action. Now, I'm not, that's right, I'm not encouraging people to gouge out their eyes, but I am telling you to take sin seriously. And sometimes that means being accountable to someone. forgive yeah wonderful well it's all reminders here that we need to take repentance seriously to be deliberate and to, to plead for God to help us. Let's pray. Our Father, we come before your greatness. You are the mighty one, the powerful one, the one that is beyond all. And Lord, we acknowledge that, that we as people, we are in no means perfect. We get it wrong. Lord, I admit that I sin. I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. And Lord, we as people gathered here today, we acknowledge that you are God and that we are not and we confess our sins to you. Lord, help us to change. Lord, please give us new hearts, clean hearts, cleansed hearts, Lord, that will seek your will and seek to live for you. Lord, we do not desire to be a part of, of your judgment, to be in the hands of, a, of a, a God bringing justice. Lord, what horrible scenes we witness in the Bible 
against sin. Lord, we desire to be holy and pure and right with you. So help us, Lord, to, to change, to confess our sins and to find your acceptance and your way forward. So bless us and help us to change, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.